Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up Podcast, podcast number 101, no way, triple digits, that's awesome. And we are glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, so grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Pretty good chance you're in water, but fine Texas, southeast corner of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. We just got through the huge uh, Man Up Podcast 100 celebration, and I'll tell you what, I am, it's unbelievable. I'm just barely coming down right now from it. And if you hadn't had the opportunity to go ahead and listen to it, listen to it. Got some very cool endorsements. It's kind of, it's pretty funny stuff. And uh, it's amazing the amount of uh, downloads that we've had on that thing. So, um, and what we're going to be talking about here is Easter, the, the whole reason for the season. And we have an awesome panel here. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce them real quick. And then I'll come back and uh, get their kind of uh, summary on it as well. And here's our deacon, and he's driving a new vehicle, so he thinks he's better than, well, he's better than me. But uh, Kyle Trahan is here. <laughs> and he's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw you in the drink. That's Michael Cropper. We call Hello. him the judge. He's here. Yep. And a world-class policy writer. He's also a bit of a professional gambler, so don't leave your wallet out. Mr. Steve Titch is here as well. So, <clears throat> And my name is Bill Cox. I am basically just a... Uh, pretty much a sales guy, writer, and uh, I'm also the director of the Man Up. And if you're not familiar with this, what this started was it was the men's only adult Bible fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church. But we've had so many people come in and out in such good rapport and reviews of it that we decided that uh, we would go ahead and do this podcast and. Now we're up to 101, and that's what this is. So uh, we are in, we, what we do is we go through a basic study. We're in the Connect 360, Truth and Grace, and it's by Baptist Way Press. This particular lesson is lesson number 12, I Have Seen the Lord. And before I get to the fellas about this, as, as many of you know, and the reason why that I introduce them not only by name, but also by what they do, you might be predisposed to their particular angle on things. I was raised on a farm, and my parents were Methodists, but my grandparents were Mennonites, so faith was always pretty simple to me. And I looked at Easter, the fact that the Lord has risen. Uh, that was the Super Bowl. That, that was the whole reason for it. It made yeah, perfect Robert. sense. Oh, and you know, my, you might under, you, you might not realize, but we have an open door policy here at the Man Up Podcast. And who just came in the open door? Robert Koshu. 
He is a world-class trainer. He's kind of like the uh, intellectual in this group. I always, before I even, before I even call on Robert, I have to study and pick my game up. So, uh, but we're glad he's here too. So, and with that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around and. Uh, let the fellows just kind of give their initial impression. Then what we'll do is we'll read the scripture, and then we'll have uh, even more discussion. So start out uh, with Deacon Kyle Trahan. You know, so we're in uh, John 20, uh, 1 through 21, and uh, we're talking about resurrection. And so, uh, you know, you can imagine the people that morning going to the tomb, Mary, the disciples, uh, you know, in quite disbelief. You know, Friday your whole world was turned upside down with the crucifixion of who you expected to be your savior from all the oppression that they were under. And Jesus had something else in mind rather than saving them from the Romans. So um, quite an interesting story. Excellent. Judge. Yes, my uh, my view of this lesson today is is uh, is relief, given that the former lesson is really the the I guess the symbol of what we believe, and that's simply you cannot wear an empty tomb around your neck, but you can wear a cross around your neck. And last week we covered the crucifixion of Christ. We went into great details about it. We talked about it. Uh, what we believe about it, and, and of course it is the basic or foundation of our faith. But today, the resurrection is, is I guess, where the, the, the light comes in, however you want to classify it, and I'm sure we'll look at more ways to define it. But yeah, the, the real reason for our faith, faith is the resurrection today, because it's such relief and it's such a joy and such a light at the end of the tunnel, the tunnel being the crucifixion and the death of Christ. Mr. Steve Titch. Well, this, of course, is the most challenging part of our faith. Uh, I think a writer much wiser than I once wrote, uh, you can believe in the resurrection or you or not, but you can't dismiss it as something that's unimportant. And, oh, good point. Well uh, yeah, stated. That, that's good. Uh, and, and for a Christian, like, this is... We, we believe that a man rose from the dead. We believe that man was God incarnate, but let's go back to the beginning. We believe a man, nothing like that has ever happened. Yes, there are accounts in the Bible a few times with Lazarus. That he raised himself. When you really, if you let that sink in, when you really let that sink in, you have to change your whole worldview. Excellent. Professor. This is the validation of Christ's work. He, he came, the word became flesh back when we started, back in John 1. And followed through with teaching, cleansing the temple, confronting the Pharisees, gets arrested. He died like dead, like, you know, no doubt about it. He was dead. I mean, the, the people who are, well, he swooned, and then he came back in the cool of the temp. Of the, yeah, no, you don't survive what he survived. And 
even if he had survived all the other, the Roman centurion stabbed him with the spear where he definitely penetrated the heart based on what we saw. He was dead. He came back. The coming back validates that work on the cross where he took the sin and paid the price for it. One thing that I pointed out in the class, we have a, uh, a gentleman there, older gentleman, who was a, a sniper in Vietnam. Oh. And, uh, and Marcus. Marcus. And what we were talking about is, you know, there's plenty of good guys, good people that have sacrificed their life for something. Not one of them rose. That's the reason why I yeah. worship God. That's, yeah. I, you know, that's the, that's the main difference. Well, Robert, right, right. Robert pointed out something. He, he says Christ did raise some people from the dead right. while they walked on the earth, but they did die again. And I think yeah. that's yeah. such the right. difference which you guys he, are saying he has about not. Several of our, has yeah. yeah, and that's that's it does even more than purely validating the work on the cross, which which is undeniable in some self. Yeah. But it it it's a profound statement that death is not the end. Now That's we right. not not know what that is, and and we get some hints from the way Jesus presents himself after after the resurrection as to what a a resurrection existence is like. But the 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 takeaway is that no death is not the end, and while you might not get an earthly resurrection, what Jesus is promising here is that there is something beyond your earthly existence and he demonstrates it. He just doesn't say it, take my word for it. It's demonstrated and multiple times. And yes, multiple right, times right. and multiple and people. it's more than just we've got, you know, when I was a reporter, the the idea is you don't run with anything unless you have two sources. Well, there are, there are at least 5 that are written down. The four gospel accounts and Paul's account. And Paul speaks to hundreds of people seeing the resurrected Christ. So this is not something that can be dismissed as a fiction. You, it has to be confronted. And I think, the, and I know in my personal life, the more and more I confront it, the more and more it has to be believed. Well, Charles, Charles Coulson said that he, he knew the resurrection was true because Watergate Yes. Five, five people knew about it, and within three weeks, 12 of them had spilled the beans. Mm -hmm. yeah. In the resurrection, 12 disciples were stoned, beaten, burned at the cross, depending on the stories you believe, Peter's crucified upside down. Thomas is crushed by an elephant in India. You know, uh, one of them is stoned. You know, take your pick mm -hmm. on how they all die. One lives without, and none of them ever denied the story. Mm -hmm. We, although we haven't read the scripture yet, it's very interesting, guys. All around us, there are cults and religions that believe in the afterlife, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, okay. yeah. it's, generally, it's a it's right. part of the culture. We all, you know, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's. So why is it so hard to believe that God sent His Son, or there was a supreme being that died for our sins and rose from the dead? Why is that so difficult? Because you have to do something. Well, and it's, it's not only that, but it's, what they talk about is a, if you look at the Hindu-Buddhist culture, it's a reincarnation sure, right. where you sure. come back and, you know, I, I joke with my wife, if that's a real thing, 
the ultimate goal is to come back as a house cat like one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. ours yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting off the waterbed to get to the food bowl or the litter box. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's right. a pretty darn good life. You let your cat on a waterbed? <laughs> When we had one, yes, we don't have one anymore. But he, uh, he was the cat. He was the cat. He was the cat. older cat that we used to have. But what a hippie! It, it, it's a, you know. But it's coming. But it's looking at it from a different perspective because it is coming back as a physical human being. That's correct. In a. And as yourself, and and this is always one of those as you talk about when we think about, well, how are we how are we gonna recognize each other? I tend to think I'm gonna see Kyle like I see Kyle now. Kyle and I may lose touch and never see each other for 50 more years. Kyle's gonna change. Sorry, Kyle, you're the young guy, so I'm gonna pick on you. <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna see my friends from college that I have not seen since college that were Christians, I'm going to see them as they existed to me in <coughs> college. Yeah. That's a different experience than any other religion mm -hmm. talks about when they yeah. talk about yeah. the afterlife. Yeah. And the physical traits that we all know of each other and all of those things. You know, I, I just think this is, this is the one thing that, A, it's the core of our belief. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there is no... You know, there's several tenets of Christianity we can argue about. Yeah. Angels on the head mm -hmm. of a pin thing. But a virgin birth, God incarnate, a dying atonement, and a resurrection, mm -hmm. if you don't have those three things, it doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. And if you wanted to follow along, we're in John 20, and I'll be reading 1 through 21. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. <coughs> so Peter and other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as a cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. But the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. 
go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. One thing about this, you just kind of think that <clears throat> pretty amazing that Mary Magdalene was the first one there. But apparently in the custom of the day, they were the ones that went there and anointed the body. Is that, 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 that correct? And so typically the women would have been the ones there first. But in the courts of law, and you being a judge, you'd understand this, their word was not accepted. And so it's kind of amazing. And why were they not accepted? Because they That's were treated cool. as property. Because they were what? Women were treated as property. They were women. Mary would have carried a little more clout when she went back to talk to the disciples because she would have been amongst them and with Jesus and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Although, still being a woman, I believe that's why they left and ran out is because, well, maybe she's telling the truth. Well, no one, well, wait a minute. Nobody, it's interesting. She doesn't believe he rose from the dead. She goes back to tell them they've taken his body. Yeah. That this is nobody. Nobody is. Nobody goes. Hey, there's no. Nobody was like. Hey, he did what he said he was going to do. She thought. She thought the body was taken. They and, and went back to tell them that. And they kind of thought the. You know what's going on here. Um, but I think also. But just to step back a minute, that also, the fact that it's Mary, Mary Magdalene. Is, is the first one to experience this and the first one to talk about it. Again, this, this, if, this speaks to the idea that this isn't made up. Because <laughs> if somebody right. was making this up, it would be Peter and John <laughs> who'd be right. the first right. ones. Right. They, right. They actually, <laughs> actually would have went inside the yes. tomb, sat down and had a conversation with Jesus <laughs> while he chastised him. Yes. That would have been the made up story. <laughs> that, and, and so... But and and uh, so we get and, and again. But again, it falls in line with the way Jesus works. The first, the last are always the first. The and on the other hand, I think the the apostles are still terrified. Um, They're um, well, I they, would agree with that. The the general rule of thumb was if you're going to execute a leader of a rebellion, his lieutenants and associates will go with him. And uh, right. I'm sure they're they're you know they know the Sabbath is. Things are died down, but they're worried, and so only the two of them go. And um, it's interesting because I mean, our, the women were at the cross. The, the 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 men do not show up at the cross, with the exception of John, who I think is around fifteen or sixteen at this time. He's a kid, um, considering he write he lives to you know that his gospel dates from in the AD nineties. Uh, and he's the oldest, he's the, the one who survives everyone. Um, so I think both the women get by being women, they're ignored, and he's a kid. And uh, so they don't, they don't put too much on him. But I think Peter takes a risk in going out, and uh, 
but they don't. It's it's Mary Magdalene who realizes who Jesus appears to her finally, and and she has to really take a good look at him because she's the he's the last person she expects to you know be standing there in the garden next to her. Well, and then you got a couple of angels just yes. hanging out there. You know, <laughs> which, that's going to throw you which, off a little which, bit. By the way, there's only two times in the entire scripture that an angel appears and his first words aren't, don't be afraid. When mm-hmm. they showed up and had dinner with Lazarus before they mm-hmm. killed Lot, before they cursed the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and then this time. Most of the other times when angels appear, the very first words out of their mouth are, yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's just me, just an angel. But in this instance, I think her sorrow is so overwhelming and her emotions are so that she doesn't even recognize them as angels. She's like, there's a couple of dudes here. What the heck? Who are you? <laughs> well, I, th- I think, uh, coming back to what, why they didn't believe Mary, Mary's also the one, right, that poured the, the 40 or 50, $500 <laughs> alabaster <laughs> Yep. Perfume on mm-hmm. his feet, so she, they probably think she's a little emotional. Right. 100% right. <laughs> there. We need to see this for ourselves, guys. It's Mary. Remember what Mary did before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, she is credible uh, later on when they prove and uh, Jesus appears to the rest of them. Uh, well, I mean, you know, death was also a spectacle to some degree. I mean, you had all the mourners, and I mean, People would pay people to come in and be professional mourners. So, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be out of the ordinary that she was really putting on the show, so to speak. Totally emotional. You know, very, very emotional. I just imagine that what a week, what a week (laughs) this was for everybody. And, and like, I, I, what Steve or the professor brought it up, that the disciples were holed up. They, <laughs> they, they were worried about the next step that the Jewish leaders were going to take. And they were, they were still processing everything that had happened this week. And from the, they, the highest of highs, and, and I, I personally I think that one of the high moments was for them was when Jesus went to the temple and oh. on the the changers, the money changers, and they thought, yeah, here's our fighter. This is it. You know, we are rolling. And then to have it come crashing down in just a few days. Well, starting, that, that happened Monday or Sunday, depending on which account right. you're reading, and it followed quickly on the heels of the big party parade into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then we throw the money changes out, and I'm with you, Bill, man. They are they are rampant up. Absolutely. I, I honestly think that as the week wore on and nothing else really happened, he kind of pulled them aside and started privately teaching them that that's one of the reasons Judas... I, I, I am to this day convinced Judas did not think Jesus was going to die. I think Judas knew. I thought. I think Judas thought that this was going to be. I'm going to force his hand. He's going to come out. Here comes the Son of Man. We're going to get our. And, and I do think yeah. he had a. Judas is scary. We're going to get our, Judas is scary. Judas, okay. That we're going to get our rewards too. I think he, that that played into his thought process. But I really think he thought he was forcing Jesus's hand. That that was going to be the whole set. He simply wasn't going to. The, the arrest was going to be a. Come on! Right. 
I, 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 Peter, in other words, everybody would have done exactly what Peter did. They would, he, that would have that would have triggered the rebellion and and um, well, start the movement. Yep. That's kind of a bombshell. I wasn't okay. expecting to go down that rabbit hole. We're going to take a quick hard break, and we're going to be back. This is Man Up Podcast number one hundred and one. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Podcast. Spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And what we do is we talk about things that you can't talk about anywhere else. Where can you have this kind of spiritual discussion with men? Nowhere that I can think of. And that's why we are so blessed to have these fellows here. <clears throat> just want to go ahead. And if you're just jumping in at halftime, <clears throat> Kyle Trahan, our deacon, is here. Michael Cropper, the judge, is here. Steve Titch, writer, gambler, is here. But also, we let in, because we have an open-door policy, with the professor, Robert Koshu. He's a, he's a trainer, kind of our intellectual. And he's the one that just dropped the bomb before <laughs> we went to break about how he thought, Judas probably thought, that Jesus was not actually going to die. And Judas probably thought that he was going to force the Jewish leadership's hand. Forcing hmm. Jesus' hand. Force Jesus', Jesus hand. Jesus' hand. Force Jesus' hand. And the rebellion. Now, I think Judas was also centered enough, self-centered enough to think that he was going to get his reward as part of this whole deal. But, you know, well, if he's going to pull us aside and teach us privately, I'm just going to force, you know, that whole, you know, how many of us, come on, let's all freely admit it, we have all manipulated our boss to get something done the way we Okay, so when, when does Judas, well, since you brought that up, when does, when does in fact Judas realize that he's going to die when he's on the cross or before? before? Well, well, when I he think does once before. the arrest happens. Once the, and the trial the happens, happens because trial, he, throw, right? he, he, right. he throws the coins back yeah, to the he's temple. Like, take, take this, I don't and, want it. And yeah. he's, he, to, to, to your point, right. I never thought about it that way, but to your point, he seems honestly shocked. Yeah, that yeah, that, that, that Jesus gets convicted, but yeah. and and by the by the courts that he does not he does not you know rally the he rally do the anything to, right he doesn't do anything and and um, to he's get being out. turned and and it's fairly obvious what's going to happen and um, I mean we don't we don't you know there's always been speculation Jesus Christ superstar every yeah. movie has because he's an, an interesting character and isn't that much about it but that's an that's an interesting perspective, and to yeah, some degree, it, it makes some sense. It does well, make some sense, and that's kind of a man thing to do. If, yeah, you, that's if, it. You, if you think about it, trying to go ahead and uh, force feed or, or uh, kind of force the action. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to do yeah. what I can. And it, and it, and it yeah. goes a little beyond that. I think all the disciples were missing the boat to a certain extent. The fact that, like you said, Steve, Jesus raised up and they're not all, hot doggy did it! <laughs> you know, they're all still wondering what's going on. So I think they all missed the boat. But I think Judas missed it way more than anybody else. And how is that like us, too? That we're always listening, hearing, paying attention. And, man, we just totally miss the boat sometimes. Well, the, the problem is this. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes. When you are in the middle of something, typically as a man, you're, you're rowing the boat. You're, mm-hmm. you're, plan, you're planning the next move. You're dealing with today. You're not really reconciling yesterday because you got today to deal with and you're planning the future. So a lot of the stuff that went on in the past, you're, you're certainly not focusing on. And especially, and I can tell you this, not that I was ever a criminal judge, but I certainly had my uh, run-ins when I was a younger man. And... I was doing a lot of hiding and planning, and I absolutely understand what these disciples were going through. You know, I'm glad. You know, I, I will say this, Robert, because you gave, you just gave Judas some agency. Because a lot of times, and you read the Bible, and you wonder what the heck is Judas there for? Why did God make Judas? You know, right. did Judas exist just to sell out Jesus? And you know, and and you. And sometimes you just want to take the fatalistic approach. You just gave him some agency. We just talked about right. it. He, he was the guy. He was the hothead. He was the yeah. guy who I'm, I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm not going to watch it play out. I'm not going to pay attention to what the Lord has been saying. Uh, I'm going to push this thing along. And, and so we give, him, we give him more than just, uh, you know, being, being the guy in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. well, doing I mean, a job that, that's been thrust on him. I think mm-hmm. when Peter... When he walks up, he kisses Jesus. Mm-hmm. They run up to grab him. Mm-hmm. Peter rips the sword yes. out and cuts off the guy's ear. I'm thinking Judas is about ready to grab his sword <laughs> and go for it. Like, he, he forget what I said. It's on. Yeah. And when Jesus said, Peter, put your sword up, and then he heals the servant, I think Judas is crushed at that moment. I think that's the moment where it all changes for him. And he realizes how... Badly, he had misjudged everything, and 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 I really do. I think that's a message for guys, because we often misjudge things. Well, we want to keep it moving. Yeah, we, uh, we're, yeah. We're, you know. Oh yeah. Well, especially and 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 I'll, I'll go into my normal, especially us Western Southern American guys who were raised down here in the Mike Kyle. I'm gonna speak to y'all. Get her done, right? <laughs> right? You know, for a southern, and and I know somewhat Midwest and New York. Say we're rednecks. So, mm-hmm. hey, I wear it proudly. <laughs> it well, you do, well those two are rednecks. You're a coon ass. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. I, mean, you know, I wear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but but it's but it's but it's <clears throat> very much ingrained, especially in our culture, that we're gonna go get it done, like you said, Bill. Right. And regardless, and. <clears throat> And the reality of G- Judas missed the boat, and then Mary comes on the scene, and this turns everything on its head. Because now the disciples even have to snap to and start figuring out. Let's, well, let's look at a couple of scriptures, yes, that we that yeah. we brought up before just for a moment, and I have a question about it. 
uh, verses 8 and 9. Uh, it says, Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, which of course we believe is John, he also went inside. He saw and he believed. Okay, you stop right there. He saw and believed. Oh, well, what did he believe? He believed that Christ rose from the dead or believed that Christ is fulfilling the prophecies he's given to us. But then you read the next verse, 9, it says, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead, and he is included in they. Well, so that's, is, is, that's is, in parentheses, so that's... Is it, well, we, what, what do you guys think? Well, I, I think you say, I sort of believe that, and I'm not sure. Remember, you got to remember that Scripture here is all Old Testament. And this is, this is all the understanding of the fulfillment of the Scripture. Yeah. He may he Somebody may saying. have he may have it's kind of unclear because he saw and believed and sort of believed what maybe he believed that indeed something had happened here maybe right. Christ had come back That's from the dead but the the full significance of that still hasn't he, that, later, that, right? that how it pertains to everything that has come before in well, in you know from 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 the fall of man in Genesis all the way up through you know the prophets. Yes. That and and where where if we if we as Christians read the read the prophets, it's essentially this is what's going to happen. This is what has to happen. This great this great sacrifice is going to be made on your behalf, and there'll be de- you'll be reconciled with God. Death will be defeated. It's all there in the prophets. They just haven't put that that all together at this at this moment yet. I think that's where that none of them <coughs> that's are teachers. Teachers. From. None of them are. You know, Sanhedrin or you know any of that. To put they're, the theology they're together, they're, they're guys yeah. just like us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not scholars mm-hmm. in, in this realm. So the uh, Jesus would have taught them some of the scriptures. They would have learned some, mm-hmm. you know, regular church and stuff like that. But uh, you know, to know and be able to put all of those predictions mm-hmm. from the Old Testament into that week, even. Even being mm-hmm. right there in the middle of it, I, I would. See, but I, I think, think in I'd the middle of like it is him. why you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. That, yeah. that you can't see it while you're in the middle of it, and I really don't think they totally understand it until after Jesus ascends. I think it takes the forty days. We're, we're in the period of we're in the period of the church now. At this point, it's called Easter, and if you church calendar year. It's Easter, and then you after Easter you have Pentecost. Pentecost. And in that 40-day period of time, from Easter to Pentecost, Jesus teaches the disciples multiple times throughout that. I think it takes all 40 days for them to kind of, you know, we get it in a one-off sentence. He explained to them all things that must have happened so that they would understand, <laughs> you know. But I'm sure he's like, okay, guys, so remember when, yeah. Well, that really <laughs> tied right. back to right. <laughs> yeah. While well, you're pointing that out, once again, I, I really like the the uh, I guess the picture of this because it is occurring during Passover. Oh, absolutely. Right. Passover yeah. started on Saturday. Jesus is raised from the dead on uh, Sunday, and they celebrate Passover what five days or seven days? Mm-hmm. And the Passover, the death angel, while they were in Egypt, here is Christ, the Lamb. The resurrection lamb yep. to protect the children of Israel sent to, from the foundation of the world, as you have said over and over again. In fact, in Genesis, we know that Adam is told he's going to bruise the head of the serpent, and the serpent is going to bruise the heel of man. And by that, we can formulate that he's going to put Christ to death, 
but in the end Christ is going to turn and rise from the dead and bruise his head as the the second coming and he is to be the second Adam and to save us from our sins but anyway all these symbolisms and everything that you were mentioning and, and of course you've told us that John is your favorite book and the it beginning is. was a word and the word was with God yeah. so it goes all the way back to the foundation there Foundation of the world. And the disciples sitting in that room, you know, so you got Mary's gone, she's seen Jesus, the other guys have gone into the tomb, they saw everything kind of laying there. Well, I think it was important to note it was folded. Well, but yeah, exactly. It wasn't a grave robbery where things were thrown around. It was, well, let me get up, fold this up, and I'm going to go about my business. Exactly. And that's (laughs) that's exactly what I was going to say is that it didn't look like it was thrown, you know, so. They've gone back into their room and they're trying to figure it all out, you know. And then Jesus appears to them in the room, in the locked room. Nobody answered the door. Hey, guys, can I come in? I imagine right at that moment, just the awestruck, you know, of, oh, he really did it. I can tell you this. If I was one of the disciples in the room, I'd just have to look at him and say, Dude, you're awesome. <laughs> you know, from what you went through, and 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 like we've talked about in this class many times, you don't know. You're in the wheel. You're a spoke in the wheel, but you don't know exactly where. And I think that's a lot of where these disciples are now. They they realize that they weren't just being taught just for their own edification. They were being groomed so they would go out. And exactly. start the church, start start the religion, and and I I think that realization it hits them when they when they come. Although this has been a great time, it's been a nice run. It's not over, and as a matter of fact, you are going to be the leaders now. Well, the, the last verse you read, verse twenty one. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending, sending you. you. And of course, he said before, I have to leave you. I have right. to leave you so that you can create the body of the church. Which we'll refer to mm-hmm. uh, so that you can do more things and more miracles and more things than I ever did because there are so many of you. Yeah, so it was, from the beginning... He was supposed to give them it. And of course, they're told to wait for the power on high, which we've already read, and which is the Holy Spirit, which will come and endue them with power to, to preach the gospel and to heal many people and create the churches, as Bill said. And we've referred to. I just hope that as we have gone through this study, that you have been able to reevaluate reevaluate your faith but also understand with depth each step of the cross and I want to go ahead and uh, Kyle you brought it up you're talking about the stations of the cross where uh, that we had at the church mm-hmm. um, talk a little bit about that um, if you would just brief overview um, so you know the Stations of the Cross is what? Why am I drawing a blank? 12? 14. 14. 14. 14. put the 15th in as yeah. the resurrection. As the there resurrection. 15. I don't know why. I'm, so 14 like said, traditional. Right. Yeah. 
Um, they laid it out extremely well here uh, at Sugarland Baptist. Uh, Katie Musak uh, pretty much did it. And uh, I mean, I, I was raised Catholic. You do it all the time. Most of the time you'd walk around and pray the rosary or something like that. And, you know, think about basically the little plaque that was on the wall. I and mean, it wasn't much more than that. Right. You know, a little depiction of, of, you know, a picture basically of Jesus following the first time or whatever. And that was it. And so here um, you had various things. I mean, there was a cross on one. There was uh, make your own cross. So they had uh, basically popsicle sticks and some yarn. You'd make your own cross. And then the next station, um, you know, to have some prayers, some scripture, and then something to ponder, maybe even something to write. So one was uh, write your sins down on your cross that you're now carrying with you. Um, and then people that you were praying for to come to the church or whatever. And so you'd write all these things on your cross and you thought about them as you went through the stations. Um, I mean, they had everything from uh, wine vinegar for you to tie. Um, so as Jesus was dying, they gave him wine vinegar and took a sip. That is some strong stuff. I mean, I, I love vinegar. I use it in my hot sauces all the time. But to just sit there and take a drink of vinegar is, is pretty strong stuff. Um, you know, they had hammers and nails out. So you could actually hammer a nail into wood and kind of put yourself in. See what it took. See what it took. Put yourself right there in the midst. So it was, it was one of the best ones I've ever seen, ever done. Um, it really made you think about the events that transpired, you know, during you know, the Stations of the Cross, you know, from going to Pilate all the way through. Excellent. And the, the thing about the Easter season, uh, for me, uh, being a farmer and up in Michigan, right now is springtime and the plants are coming up through the ground and it's real easy for me to feel the spirit of the resurrected Christ as I see the fields that were barren <coughs> just a few months ago they've been tilled, seeded and now that new growth is, is coming out yeah, the, the seasons are, that's something we all miss because we're not it's agricultural based as these scriptures were written to. Right. You know, we don't you know it we don't we don't get some of the symbolism because of that. We miss it. Right, right. <clears throat> we're coming down to the end of the hundred and first podcast and I wanna just go around the room and get some final thoughts on this is uh, lesson twelve. I have seen the Lord uh, from the grace and truth. Baptist Way Press Connect 360. And uh, we'll go to uh, the judge. The account we've been reading again, folks, um, you're familiar with it, we're all familiar with it, but uh, it is it is the very basis of our, our faith, period. I don't want to say religion. Religion is a uh, set of rules and dictates. This is, this is what's in our heart, and we believe, folks, that if you... You ask Jesus to come to your life and you ask him to forgive your sins that he will in fact come into your heart and he will make himself known to you as he did to the disciples and the apostles 
when he in fact rose from the dead. Now, the one thing we haven't mentioned that I'm looking forward to is he can go through walls with his resurrected body, and I'm looking forward to that when I have a resurrected body. <laughs> you like You'll doors. never use a door. <laughs> You'll yeah. never use a door. Anyway, uh, anyway, I love the store. Uh, pardon me, I love our <clears throat> professor. Easter doesn't end the story. The story continues with us. The resurrection validates Christ's redeeming work on the cross, and it gives us faith through life in Him to keep the story moving forward. And I think that that's the ultimate lesson from Easter, is that the story moves, and the story continues with us telling the story and sharing the gospel, and making sure people understand that Christ did come, that a full God became a full human, and then died for you. That's the mess. That's the Easter message, plain and simple. Mr. Steve. Well, as Paul wrote, "Death, where is thy sting?" And speaking to Christian listeners, and and the crux of our faith is the idea of the resurrection, and we have a hard time keeping that front of mind. But if we do, it it has it. If it really does, and if you really try to live your life knowing that death is not the end, it can't, it's a humbling experience because, because suddenly you realize that there is, that, there, that this talk of hope isn't just Hallmark greeting card stuff, that there's, there is something beyond this world. So the stress and the crap and the pain and the misfortune we deal with is not, I think Pastor Taylor said it last, it's not the last word. Right. Um, and that uh, this, this event, this resurrection has cosmic importance. And um, it is, I mean the apostles probably spent 40 days processing this and were probably processing up to the point where each of them died but they what they went through uh, is a testament in of itself to this uh, they knew that this was this this was only part of of a much larger existence what that is I don't know I'm not going to speculate but we are promised in this that it does not end with our death. With, the, with our physical death, that's correct. No. Deacon Kyle. Mine's um, pretty simple. I'm going to kind of sound off where Robert was that it doesn't end here. And he gave us a commission at the end of this lesson anyway. Um, I am sending you just to go out and do his works. You know, put a man spin on it. If you guys, you guys play golf? I've been around. Putt past the cup. Don't putt to the cup. Putt, putt next past. Yeah. Putt mm -hmm. past the cup, and that's kind of like life, too. Okay. Don't uh, don't live this life 
a minute before you're going to die and then take out a 30-year mortgage, you know. What you do, the way you live is when you, you live the Christian life and know that you're going to be going on further without your physical body. So this is Man Up, podcast number 101. We invite each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. And go to the ABF, or Adult Bible Fellowship. You've heard each of the fellows talk about their individual classes here. And it's awesome. And try and find a men's only group. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.